Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to iHeartMovies. Today we finally made it to the final episode in our original Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi. Joining me for this episode is, of course, Nikki from Trivial Theater. And just as a heads up, in case you notice any dated references, we recorded this episode back in May and it kept getting delayed. So we made several references to things that had yet to come out, which by this point came out ages ago. Just wanted to mention that up front because I know some of you will notice. Anyway, this is going to be a long episode, so let's just get right into it. And may September the 4th be with you. That'll make sense when you get to the end of the episode. Okay, Return of the Jedi, the big finale. A movie amongst movies, and actually my first movie in the uh, Star Wars series. Oh yeah, I forgot you told me you started with this one somehow. Yeah, well they used to, I'm dating myself so much. They used to show them um, on cable over between Christmas and New Year's. It wasn't like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but it was just like it was, oh, they're doing the trilogy this day and then they do it that day. Actually, I think over Christmas they did, or one of the days leading up to Christmas, they did actually do like a full 24 hours of Star Wars. Mm. Um, I was flipping through the channels and I ran across Return of the Jedi, stopped, was enthralled by that, had absolutely no idea what was going on. And then I think I sat through A New Hope and then uh, Empire. My memory of this movie is that I watched it with the others, like in succession, like we borrowed all of them like at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, and maybe even now, this one was my favorite of the trilogy. I can see that. And I think with the original trilogy, it depends on where you're coming from. Like, I'm a big fan of like dark and kind of that so empire is very like special to my heart but i you know return of the jedi is one of those it was the first one i ever saw and it's an ending of the series or of that Mm -hmm. trilogy it covers a lot of ground it ties up loose ends but it still offers more questions and yeah Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of good yeah i think for me i like a happy ending and that's probably why it ended up being my favorite but also the whole first act in Jabba's Palace, like I said, I love the creatures, and that oh, scene yeah. is just packed with creatures. <laughs> so that's another reason why it's one of my favorite things of Star Wars. Understood. Now you had mentioned that the first time you saw this was the '97 like re-releases. Did you yes. ever see the stuff that came previous to that? No, I've kind of looked around. I've I've never seen the original originals, so I I don't know what I'm missing out on those. The one thing that's really stand standoutish to me, at least for Return of the Jedi, is um, the music number in um, I've Jabba's read about Palace. That, and I've heard a clip of the old song, and I I liked it. It's very different. It was sort of like more of the time, like of the eighties. Very, very much so. Well, that and the the end song as well, like when they're celebrating. But um, and the I'm, sure, I'm trying to think of the names um size noodles the the amphibian the the new one is called jedi rocks and the old one was called lapti neck i I wrote it down let me flip through my notes okay well i just meant the people that was that were performing it so you had um the kind of amphibian lady i think her name was nice the one with the long lips yep and then you had the the kind of screaming teddy bear guy (laughs) um his name is Joe Yowza. Uh, that makes sense. And like that was he's when a they... <laughs> Oh well, I mean, there you go. 
Yowza he is my Yowza. least favorite of all of the aliens. I hate that guy. Yeah, and there's and I, no... I, on, on his Wikipedia page, it said that everyone there hated him too. Pajama. <laughs> you know, I can see why. Um, not, not that, and I'm sure that they were trying to jazz it up and make it more of that time, but you have the the whole band going and then you have like the the tweak dancing and it just the two don't go together like it's such a it's such a i don't know and maybe that was on purpose because it was one of those scenarios because you have this dancer with a chain around her neck Mm -hmm. um but it didn't it didn't work as well as i think they think it did i've never seen the the clip with like i only heard a bit of the music so i don't know what the I don't know what it would look like. Maybe it would look better, at least her dancing. I know they I mean, redid a lot of the dancing and the CGI for that scene to make that whole thing work better. So oh yeah, she's not something that you could like redo. So maybe it did look better in the old version. I don't know. Actually, the the one dancer that goes down into the Rancor pit mm-hmm. um, actually came back to do dancing for that specifically. And she was really? in better shape. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. At least that was according to the trivia. Well, I guess, well, depending on when they filmed it, it could have only been like 10-ish years later. I think it was so 20, like they said. No, okay. that would that's not right. Well, it would have been, because that came out in 83? I think so. I think so. And yeah, it came out in 83, and this would have been probably 96 or so 95 so So between 10 and 15 years later yeah yeah exactly i I read the trivia on it but it was definitely some time between the two so if you're talking like 82 to 96 or something like that Mm -hmm. and not to say that the the original band routine wasn't like you know oscar winning by any stretch Mm -hmm. but it kind of fit more the what what else was going on in the scene but Mm -hmm. i mean you know for the time and it they were trying to update it and all that stuff so it's one of those things where I wish that they would re-release the original just not not like to make it so that this is the original and this is canon again, but like I just want to see it just to, to know what it looks like. Understandable. I know that somewhere in my possessions, I'm sure there's a VHS like dub of one of them at least, but it's a matter of <laughs> digging it out and mm-hmm. all that. So well, anyways, we're that's kind of skipping ahead a bit. So let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the opening crawl, it tells us that Luke is on his way back to Tatooine to rescue Han from Jabba and that the Empire is working on a second Death Star. And it opens with Darth Vader's shuttle arriving at the second Death Star. And he's like chewing out the guy, telling him that they're not going fast enough and the Emperor's on his way. Then the guy's like, oh, we'll double our efforts. <laughs> and just the, it's such a, like a middle manager the way he says it will redouble our effort like it, it does Kinda, come yeah. off that way and it's like you know it'd be like if you're talking earth it'd be some some poor schmuck sitting there in the middle of a giant project and only having it a quarter done you have like 12 hours to finish it or maybe yeah, two kinda. hours <laughs> i think the empire in some way does sort of lean into that middle management type thing in oh, different, yeah. various expanded media oh yeah and that's definitely more of that that's that's definitely the way that it comes off like it comes off as like like a giant corporation of of you know people that are um sent up the way because they kissed butt more Mm -hmm. than actually having the the talent for the position 
then after that, you get R2 and C3PO on their way to Jabba's palace. They're just wandering the desert. <laughs> kind of a throwback to the original movie. Very much. And this, this thing kind of cracked me up because you have them approaching the door and C3PO just like gently goes tap tap on the door. There doesn't seem to be anyone here. Let's go tell Master Luke. <laughs> I do wonder what the overall plan, like, you know, obviously they're, they're infiltrating as they go, but there just doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to the way that everybody comes into it. I think that they told R2 the plan and then left C-3PO in the dark. That's probably the best plan because his, his ability to freak out, like, classic. Because there's so, so much that happens that R2 seems like he's in on and then C-3PO's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like him getting sent there and he's like a present for Jabba. He's like, nobody told me this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have the eye stock droid that comes out and I like his voice. I don't know what he's saying, but I like the sound of it. Oh yeah. Well, it kind of harkens back to um, uh, Wizard of Oz, like the one guy that, that sticks his head oh, out at yeah, the Emerald kinda. Castle or the Emerald Palace or no, Emerald City. I could think straight, it'd be great. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I never thought about that. But yeah, it is kind of similar. Only you can actually understand what he's saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's not just a single mechanical eyeball. Yeah, and you have the, it says something and then retracts. And then you have C-3PO again. I don't think they're going to let us in. We better go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he doesn't want to be there or something. <laughs> yeah. And then they actually do get in. You have the Gamorrean guards and Bib Fortuna, the tw- the ugliest Twi'lek in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> or galaxy, I guess. But he's, sw- he's so suave, though. Okay. <laughs> or, I don't know. <laughs> he has the I mean, grossest fingernails. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if this is funny to anybody else, but I feel like like when we were kids that sometimes there would be like quotes that would just stick and i feel like one thing from bib fortuna we don't even know what he's saying but it sounds like he says yoana wanga he does like we totally does like no idea what that even means but we we repeated that a bunch of times (laughs) yoana wanga you know but that's a lot of the dialogue in this like um the trivia was talking about the different things that everything was based on like the Ewoks I think it was two or three different languages that it pulled from uh Jabba Mm. pulled from something you know it's kind of everything was based on something else but like half of the things that they say it's like all of a sudden you know wicked will go like wahooey or something like that it's just like well that's clearly not whatever language and (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't think well like for what is it Huttese or whatever the the language Jabba speaks I don't think this is a case of like Lord of the Rings where they just made up a working language. I think they just kind of make it up as they go. Oh, no, 100%. It's kind of like, um, I remember seeing a thing on the Minions from uh, Despicable Me. And they were talking about how it was a mixture of like French, English, and just like nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, I want this is probably similar. Because there's stuff in there, like, and I didn't even, I had forgotten that it was in this going back to Phantom Menace and Saboba. Um, when Saboba says, What is he? I don't remember who he's talking to, but he calls somebody Bantha Poodoo. Yep. And like, that's repeated we, here too. <laughs> yes. And I didn't remember that it was in this movie. It's kind of, it's said with other things that Jabba is saying 
and it just kind of blends into the other words. But when watching that as a kid, it was like, he's clearly calling him Bantha Poop. Oh, and that's just <laughs> and rude. That's not, it's, it's supposed to be Bantha Food. Bantha Fodder is the translation. But oh. I feel like they invented Poodoo to purposely say, even though it doesn't technically mean that, they made it to sound purposely to sound like an insult sounding like poop. <laughs> oh, here we go. The Hattanese language spoken by Java was inspired by an Incan language. Hmm. Okay. Wonder if the ink is called people poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume not, but um, yeah. But yeah, anyways, they get inside and then it's revealed that C-3PO is a gift for Jabba and he doesn't know that until they actually get in there. And he's not and... happy about it either. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like the music in this scene. It's kind of quiet. It's different than the raucous number in the later scene. True. You get a bunch of animals in here. I don't know if it's this scene or a later one, but we were talking earlier about frogs. There's like a guard frog. <laughs> <laughs> like if when the, they're first coming in and i don't know if it's when they're coming in or if it's later when luke comes in but there's like this thing on the floor that like barks or growls and it's just like a giant ugly frog oh yeah you're right <laughs> it might even be the same creature that eats something and belches in a later scene the cgi thing that they added in yeah wasn't there one like when the sun is setting behind java's palace yes, yes. that's outside yeah yes I think that was in the original cut, I think. I guess I wouldn't know. I thought it looked like CGI to me, so I assumed that they added it in later. But I'm like to... I said, I've never seen the original, so I don't know. Right, and I don't, I'm trying to remember. I feel like it's from the original, but I I, I don't remember for sure. This is like, <laughs> not the exact same, but this is like when I see tons of versions of a different story, and I can't remember which scene came from which version. <laughs> <laughs> Was this in the original book or was it from this movie or this TV show? Exactly. Well, and some of it, like when the party bar just kind of floating across the um, the sand dunes, clearly that's CGI. But mm -hmm. then you get other stuff like that and it's like, well, it could be, it might not be. So for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job integrating the new scenes, especially in scenes like that. Sometimes you can definitely tell it's CGI depending on what it is like in the i think it's in the first one this all the scenes on tatooine with all the little creatures and robots and stuff running around yeah, in the streets when they're going into Though, Mos that's not quite as integrated as well but like the scenes of the ships i think they do a, a, a pretty good job making it seem more natural yeah and i'm sure they got better as they went along too so as the tech mm -hmm. got better because like that there's that scene in um a new hope when um the speeder is going into Mos Eisley and it just, it looks like a toy being pulled along. It's, it's bad, but yeah, there's, they do a lot better job with this one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they get in there. There's the message from Luke that R2 plays and revelation that they are the gift. <laughs> you see, through, what did he say? <laughs> and Java says that there will be no bargain and C3 says we're doomed. <laughs> I love how pessimistic he is. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't again i don't know if it's supposed to be funny but it cracked me up when java said i will not give up my favorite decoration and it's <laughs> on on the wall 
agreed well and he looks good you know i mean if i was to have a, a decoration on my wall you know if i could have anything i'd probably have a han solo on carbonite as well <laughs> and then the droids are like carted off to do different things and c3 c3po is like having an existential crisis and wondering why luke would give him up was it something i did he never expressed any unhappiness with my work <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're going through the that jail cell hallway and there's like this weird hand reaching out moaning and he screams oh oh how horrid <laughs> Yeah, that place was definitely not not what he was used to by any stretch. No. I was also wondering, like, you have the whole scene where they're brought into the room with all the droids, and there's, like, droids being tortured. But, like, why were they torturing the droids? And why did the droids feel it? Because you have the gonk droid flipped upside down. They're, like, burning his feet with a hot iron. It's like, <laughs> why did somebody build nerves into the gonk droid's feet? And why? <laughs> You know, I, I, I can't honestly say I, I think it was from, from a from a storytelling perspective, from a general perspective, it was probably to get a laugh from the audience. But um, and it was probably to reinforce the fact that, OK, you know, these droids come in, they have to be punished if they're not doing their jobs properly, because you see how Jabba operates. I mean, he's, you know, glorified dictator type. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going with the assumption that even if they don't feel their sensors go off like, oh, crap. <laughs> My feet it are on fire, be. you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They also had the one droid say that C-3PO was going to be a replacement for the last protocol droid because the master got angry and had him disintegrated. But then it shows the other droid and he's just being torn limb from limb. It's like, do you not know what disintegrated means? <laughs> See, I'm not sure about that either. Like, I assume that it, disintegration was just like, you know, they're running electricity through him and it was basically like overloading his system and ripping him apart. Could be, but because it was just his upper half. I don't know. I when I think disintegration, it's like he's being burned into ashes. Right. I'm not sure. And again, it might have been just one of those words that kind of describes the thing. Because I mean, as we've seen, George Lucas was good at a lot of stuff. Dialogue was not necessarily his strongest suit. Mm-hmm. He just might have liked the way that disintegration sounded. Probably. So yeah, C-3PO is being sent upstairs to be the new protocol droid and R2 is going to be sent to the sail barge because they have a special job for him that they don't say yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then you back upstairs, you have the Max Rebo band and all the dancers and you get another frog. There's this frog thing playing an electric harmonica guitar thing. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars loves frogs, apparently. Because then you also have Jabba eating a frog or something. It looks like a frog. It's a little squealing, slimy thing from a bowl. And Salacious Crumb is all about that. (laughs) He's sort of frog-like, but more like a bird monkey frog. Yeah, what was he? A a monkey lizard. A monkey lizard. Yep, there you go. There you go. And they look like the the cross-eyedness going on with that was so weird. Like he... (laughs) the you probably you probably saw it like there's a scene in the mandalorian and it was in one of the things that we watched earlier with there's like somebody is selling a roasted kawaki and monkey lizard on a street like a street vendor thing and you've got one in a cage looking at it sadly <laughs> <more>. <laughs> that just cracks me up <laughs> i remember seeing that it, it was hilarious <laughs> 
Do you, uh, do you want some fun Jabba facts? Sure. Um, so it took, took six people to operate him. Um, I think I saw like a diagram of like, there's a whole bunch of people inside him, isn't there? Yeah, and it was really hot when they did it. Um, I can imagine. It cost a half a million dollar to make and weighed 2,000 pounds. Ugh. And overall for the, for the Jabba Palace scene or sequence, it took 10 puppeteers, nine mime artists, 42 extras, 18 principals, and a crew of 90 working for almost a month. Hmm. Which there's a fair amount in the palace for, for, oh, yeah. for what it is. So The palace is packed with things. Oh, yeah. Creatures and aliens. But yeah, you have the them playing Jedi Rocks, which I should have looked up the lyrics. I wonder, I wonder why they were singing about a Jedi to Jabba. <laughs> it is funny, though, because I read that the original song, Lapti Neck, whatever the translation was, apparently it was a workout song. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently it's supposed to be like kind of ironic that they're playing this workout song and Jabba's just like sitting there all blobbed over. <laughs> well, at least um, when everything started, well, and I guess it was um, Phantom Menace. When he shows up there, I remember seeing a thing on it saying um, he was a much smaller hut. No, I'm sorry. It was, it was A New Hope when they, when they were redoing the footage. They showed him as being a much more fit hut because he was out and about so much and then he went to his palace mm. and he just you know ate and did the all the whole indulgence thing and uh became a bit more of a slug hmm. i guess i never really thought about him looking different but to me the the difference is mostly that he's cgi and not the best looking cgi yeah well back <laughs> like in even the back... even the imp- like he, the, he improved a lot since the the original remake in 97 but He's still not the best looking. No, definitely not. Well, one kind of fun thing. So pre-special edition, there's actually a guy in like furs and stuff that shows up to talk I to Han. I have seen that clip. I don't remember yeah. where I saw it, but I've seen that clip. Like that was probably one of the biggest, weirdest changes. And I'm sure probably a real yeah. thing to have to cover over because there is one point where Han mm-hmm. goes behind him and he's got to like step up and over and they had to like mask him and put him up and over. I think that's probably why I saw that because I think they had a clip of the original in some behind the scenes DVD extra. Makes they were sense. talking about having to to redo that scene and put him put the new Jabba in there because Jabba is no longer a human. Mm-hmm. And then, but they were like, "But Han walks behind him, so what do we do? Oh, let's just make it so he stomps on his tail." Yeah. <laughs> and then this one thing when they redid it, they added some cheeky bits. You know, it was it was played a little bit for humor. Hmm because Jabba makes like a squealing noise. Yep. <laughs> yeah, during this whole scene, you have the Twi'lek Ula dancing around and she gets dropped into the Rancor pit, but you don't see what it is. You just hear her screaming. Mm-hmm. And there's bones everywhere. Yes. Ooh, and the pe- or and the diet or the, the whole platform thing moves forward so Jabba doesn't have to get down. Yes, and he can like move it around. So like if he wants to watch somebody being eaten, he can just move it back and have a show. Exactly. And the Rancor's um, growls came from a dachshund. <laughs> I mean, dachshunds are, they can, they can, their, their bark is worse than their bite, no doubt. <laughs> it's kind of funny that it's, the noises are made by, as, by what basically summons Pat and then you find out that the rancor is also basically somebody's pet. <laughs> <laughs> it 
that was one of the more interesting tales in um like the the little like short story books mm-hmm. of the tales of Jabba's palace they actually go into the the guy that owns the rancor and how he raised him and things like that it was interesting yeah i, I mean you could tell that there was something going on because he's like crying and there's the other guy trying to comfort him <laughs> yep exactly as you do you know someone lost their pet you gotta make them feel better about it <laughs> We'll go to the Rancor store and buy you a new one, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rancors don't grow on trees. Where am I going to find another one in the middle of the desert? <laughs> Got to make a trip to Dathomir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's halfway across the galaxy. It's going to take months. <laughs> then after this, you have Chewbacca brought in in chains. And I thought it was kind of funny. It's like, that's, the, that's like their go-to way to sneak into a place. It's like, oh, let's chain up Chewbacca and pretend he's a prisoner. <laughs> I mean, it's a big ferocious thing, so it makes yeah. as much sense as anything. And I don't know that they ever said the name, but apparently this bounty hunter that brings him in, like, was a real bounty hunter. Leia's doing an impression of this mm-hmm. person, but apparently online it said his name was Boosh. Yep. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, a, is it interesting Boosh? name? I thought Boosh was. I think Boosh is the big lizard guy, isn't he? I think the the page I saw said his name was Boosh. Oh, he's Ubanese. Okay, that's where I was screwing up. Okay, never mind. The place he's from is a, or he's a, he's a Ubanese. So species is Ubanese. For some reason, I thought his name was Ubanese. What creature did you think was named Boosh? Uh, let me look it up here. Let's see. Bosk, B-O-S-S-K. Basically, he's got oh, a lizard head. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Trandoshans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, kind yeah. of a, looks like a velociraptor, like a T-Rex yeah. or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's uh, there's one in The Bad Batch, the sequel series to The Clone Wars. She's like their main informant. She's the one who sends them on missions. Oh, Okay. Anyways, Boosh comes in and there's a reward for $25,000. Boosh wants $50,000. And, and they want to know why do you want $50,000? <laughs> because he's holding a thermal detonator. <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's a solid way to negotiate. <laughs> but Jabba thinks this is funny and says, this bounty hunter is my kind of scum. <laughs> <laughs> And he offers $35,000 and he takes that. So Chewbacca is led away and one of the guards that he goes past pulls down his mask for no reason except to show the camera that it's actually Lando in disguise. It's not a great disguise, really. No, when he pulled it down, I was like, why is, I mean, I know it's to show us that it's Lando, but it's like, if, if somebody saw him do that and somebody knew who Lando Calrissian was, that's just a bad idea. Yeah. So later that night, Boosh sneaks into the palace and frees Han, revealing herself to actually be Leia. But I, I liked when she's talking and using whatever the vocal modulator thing inside the mask is. Another, <laughs> this is not a purposeful frog thing, but I thought it sounded like a robot frog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing frogs all over this movie. <laughs> That's okay. There are a lot of frogs to speak of. <laughs> she tells Han that he has hibernation sickness and he says he can't see 
And then out of the darkness, you hear Jabba laughing. And he has a good creepy in the darkness laugh. Oh, incredibly good. It's all, oh, oh, or that's, yeah, I can't do it. Uh-huh. I don't have the depth of voice to do it, but. Like evil Santa, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Droppo from Santa versus the Martians. Or Santa conquers the Martians. I call it Santa versus the Martians too. <laughs> and Santa versus the Easter Bunny. There's just Santa versus whatever we're watching, I guess. Oh yeah, well, same difference. And this is where you get that line. He says, you may have been a good smuggler, but now you're Bantha fodder. But he's speaking Hatties or whatever the language is called. And he says, but now you're Bantha Poodoo. Exactly. Which happens to the best of us, you know? We all have those moments. So Han is thrown in jail and Jabba says they should bring Leia to him. And then I don't know if he's like licking her or licking his lips, but... It, <laughs> I had the subtitles on and it, the subtitle just said slurp. <laughs> Cracked me up. <laughs> well, you know, he does have the thing for, I guess, you know, attractive slave girls, I, I guess. I mean, he's was, kind of. That, when I was watching this, I was thinking all of these people that he has trapped here are like vaguely human shaped. Like, why isn't it? Why is he attracted to human shaped? creatures why isn't he attracted to slug-shaped creatures uh because i guess exotic i would imagine (laughs) who knows he's a weirdo (laughs) and when han is thrown in jail he finds chewy and chewy tells him that luke is coming of course chewy's just making his noises so you have han reacting and saying he doesn't believe that luke can save him and he says a jedi knight i'm out of it for a little while and everyone gets delusions of grandeur (laughs) And it, then, it does oh go, go ahead. ahead sorry oh i'm just gonna ask um and i've always i can't remember for sure i don't think it's a terribly long time how long is it between empire and this is it about a is it about a year like in the in the course of like the star wars timeline i don't know i guess i assumed it was about a year but i don't know for sure because they would have had to have time well first for they would have to have time for luke to recover mm-hmm. and learn how to use his new arm and then they would have to come up with a plan. So I'm assuming it would be a, a while, but I don't know how long. Right. Because even like, that's the one thing that's always gotten me. Like, how long does Luke actually train to be a Jedi? Between I think we his talked time about this. I think we talked about this the last time. It's like, he's not there very long. It's like, how much training can you actually get when you're basically living in the woods for a week? Exactly. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I don't know, like, um, you look at, like, the the prequels and how yeah. much time went into, you know, guarded, if you're talking little kids, there's more than just Jedi training going on, but still, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not comparable. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that it's kind of a retcon, and it's just like, whatever, we'll go with it. Right, exactly. In there's the words a lot of, MS- there's a lot of retcons in this, we'll get to more. <laughs> yeah true it's like mst mst3 model of you know just repeat to yourself it's just a show you should really just relax <laughs> yeah kind of it was also kind of cute though when han and chewie are reunited at the end of that scene chewie's like cuddling him and petting his hair <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so luke comes in and he force chokes out some gamarine cards which i thought was a little slightly dark side of him to do 
they were actually talking about that how he's a little bit more morally ambiguous in this one like he does some of the things that darth vader does but from a different perspective yeah because i guess that there is supposed to be some kind of i mean i never questioned this but i think there's supposed to be some question of whether he will or will not join the dark side well and honestly from uh i'm trying to think there is a comic book and i've never read it but there's a comic book that kind of talks about um so luke fights so he loses his hand Mm -hmm. they clone his hand and grow they basically grow a clone of luke from his hand i read about that yeah yeah so then he becomes like dark side luke and then regular luke has to take him on and i think he ends up like going total dark side for a little while and it's like there's a resurrected emperor and it's in a graphic novel of some sort uh-huh. yeah <laughs> this is one of those things where like i mean the the sequel series has a lot of flaws but like there's a lot of weird stuff in legends <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well and this wasn't actually legends this, i mean it was i guess it was sort of legends but it's um it came out short uh, maybe not i thought it came out not that long after um return of the jedi just to kind of continue the story Mm-hmm. but yeah yeah because the from what i've read the idea of the emperor having a cloning contingency plan is not a new thing like that was something that they had back in the old novels and comic books and things oh yeah well even look at the first or uh, look at a new hope you know um obi-wan talked about knowing you know anakin during the clone wars mm-hmm. so, yeah i guarantee you it was definitely one of those things even if it was just a name at that point it was still something that was on his mind yeah the clone wars i'm sure were probably an, a different idea at that time i don't think he had the Jango no. fett storyline probably but yeah he clone cloning was something that he was definitely was thinking about with this oh yeah well and i mean if you take any kind of science you know look at jules verne talking about the many things he did back in the day so i mean there's always that kind of forward pushing mm-hmm. even if it's just down the way further in science fiction mm-hmm. but yeah you have luke entering i thought it was kind of weird i mean i guess it's not that weird like you have leia she's fallen asleep on jabba and i was like how could she sleep but i guess maybe if you're exhausted and he's a big squishy thing yeah i mean if he's like any kind of snaky type of thing you know he's not he's not slimy he's just you know cold his lips are yeah (laughs) he drools a lot that's kind of he's got a weird tongue too yeah but I suppose if you eat that many frog things in the course of a day, you'd probably be pretty slimy-lipped, too. Oh, that's true. Maybe it's not saliva, it's just frog juices. <laughs> eh, possibly. But I thought that was also <laughs> kind of hilarious when Luke first enters. <laughs> it, I mean, Leia is there, chained up to Jabba, and c-3po sees him and he says at last master luke came to rescue me <laughs> me <laughs> like he came specifically for c-3po <laughs> it's like oh forget about leia and r2 somewhere he came for me <laughs> ah. <laughs> all of a sudden he starts to go off on oh my knight in shining armor <laughs> And this is something that I didn't know. I don't think I ever noticed until watching it this time. Because you have Bib Fortuna, Luke Mind tricks him to bringing him in. And Jabba calls him a weak-minded fool and says he's using an old Jedi mind trick. And he just shoves him aside. <laughs> like, he, like, shoves him against the wall. And it's kind of at the edge of the frame. So I don't think I ever noticed how Jabba just shoved Bib Fortuna away. <laughs> but that cracked me up this time. And you have Luke 
trying to negotiate telling him he's going to give him a chance to actually let his friends go otherwise he's going to be dead and Jabba's not taking it Luke tries to grab a gun but Jabba hits the trap door sending him and and one poor unfortunate Gamorrean guard down into the Rancor pit who is promptly eaten and I couldn't tell were the other Gamorrean guards excited or sad about about their friend probably a combination I would think because it looked like they were kind of cheering on but then they were also I mean you can't really tell what what their emotions are but I thought maybe they were horrified at the beginning (laughs) they probably were though I mean from the perspective of oh crap that could have been me but then as soon as it came to them that okay it's not me they were all like it's happening to you and not me it could be but Luke it manages to escape and he ends up closing the gate on the rancor and kills it and then you have the scene with the trainer crying <laughs> I, I don't know the, the friend comforting him is probably what cracked me up the most because <laughs> oh, i forgot that was that awesome. there was a friend like hugging him and trying, <laughs> trying to comfort him <laughs> after the thing died so everyone is then brought before Jabba, and he sentences them to death in the great pit of Carcoon, the nesting place of the all-powerful Sarlacc. I, I love the way C-3PO announces things for Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> there you will find a new definition of pain and suffering as you are slowly digested over a thousand years. Yeah, he does it with a proper flourish, though. I mean, more power to him for that. I kind of have to wonder, and I don't know if this is something that they talk about either in legends or it's retconned or whatever but like if they're in the thing for a thousand years does it keep them alive for a thousand years it basically from 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 what i remember and it's been a long time but i think so it has all the tentacles and stuff Mm -hmm. it it basically like ties them to a wall and stomach acid slowly eats them yeah but like are they alive yeah yeah, they're fully they're fully aware of what's going on. Like, there's no. But how are that... they sustained? That's my question. It's like you can only be alive for so long without eating, or you can only endure so much without passing out. Like, how long are they actually? Like, are they? Is this does this thing give Grant, Grant near eternal life, <laughs> well, but also <laughs> no, <it's>, pain? <laughs> from from what I remember, they didn't go in depth a lot about it, but it's basically the story of um. It's from Fett's perspective when he's down in the pit and then he eventually gets out according to this short story. But I know that he's like acid has eaten away at his armor and has like, you know, gotten through some of his skin and stuff. And the guy next to him is in agony because he's being slowly digested. Um, They didn't really go into how they're sustained, just that they are fully aware and, and conscious of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But they're robed I'm, into I'm the wall. I'm wondering how hyperbolic is the a thousand years like is it a literal a thousand years or are they just saying that to for drama's sake i would imagine they're saying it for drama's sake okay like it doesn't it doesn't like hook into your brain and and keep you alive at least as far as i know okay yeah because that that was that's my main question it's like if it's a thousand years everybody basically lives for like 80 years so does this grant you 920 extra years of life (laughs) but you're tortured the entire time not from what i read but that was one story by one author 
mm-hmm. you know, kind of taking it in his own direction. Obviously, it was approved by like George Lucas's people, but yeah. So after this, you have them being flown out to the pit, and Luke and Han are talking. And Han is talking about not being able to see much, and Luke is, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went. And it's like he's trying to reassure him about something, and he says something like, I used to live here, you know. And I loved Han's retort. He says, you're going to die here, you know. Convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his his lines during this part are pretty good, especially when he's trying to help rescue uh, Lando. Mm-hmm. okay I'm, I'm not seeing a dark no i'm sorry that's when they're riding out he says I, i'm no longer seeing a dark blob i'm seeing a light blob yeah this yeah <laughs> and luke says he already has everything arranged and he's just just stick close to him and like, then, how would he even be able to do that he can't see anything <laughs> just follow my voice exactly then you're on the sailing barge with 3po and he finds R2 serving drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would get myself an R2 unit just to serve drinks. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yes. Then you get another good line from 3PO as they arrive. He says, victims of the almighty Sarlacc, his excellency hopes that you will die honorably. But should any of you wish to beg for mercy, the great job of the hut will now listen to your pleas. <laughs> And then another line from Han, 3PO, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth that he'll get no pleasure from us. And he says, turns to Chewbacca, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping he would call uh, Jabba a scruffy-looking nerf herder. <laughs> you probably need to be a little bit more fit to herd nerfs. Oh. Then Luke tells Jabba that this is his last chance, free us or die, and then everybody starts laughing. And Luke and Lando nod at each other, and Luke salutes, which I think is a cue to R2, and he jumps off the barge. And R2 has been hiding his lightsaber inside his body, and he launches it across the pit. And then Luke just starts slicing. And I thought I thought this was hilarious because, like, people are falling into the pit, but one of them does a Wilhelm scream as he's falling. <laughs> yep classic and it's not the first one in this either i think there's another one as well well that's the one i caught i didn't catch another one later but yeah the, that one was so prominent oh yeah and this is kind of an aside but talking about clone wars again there's a species in clone wars that are pirates they're called the weak way and i didn't realize that they were in this movie too that's the the one that falls in and does the wilhelm scream He's oh yeah way. he's got the the dreads yes yeah, one of my favorite Clone Wars characters is a weak way. Nice. <laughs> his, a pirate, his name is Hondo Onaka. He's, he's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think in in the Legends books that I remember, anytime you had a weak way, it was, they were like basically muscle for mm. whoever. That makes sense based on this scene. But at any other time that I've seen them, they're pirates. Ah, like nice. And usually Hondo is their leader because that's... I mean, he's the main one that they ever meet with. Like, he, he's he's one of those characters that, depending on the story, he's either a source or he's an antagonist because he's he has no obligation either way. Like, if he's hired by somebody to go after the Jedi, he's their enemy, but he's also kind of a friend at times. He's kind of, he's an interesting character. Ah, uh, so it's shifting allegiances and whatnot. Yeah, 
And if I remember right, he also has a Kowaki monkey lizard for a pet. That makes sense, given who he is. Yeah. Okay, the other Willem scream was an Imperial officer um, who gets knocked into the generator room by a thrown satchel. Okay. I don't remember but that's that later part. on. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's usually a side, a nameless character that does the Wilhelm screams. Yep. That's half the fun of it. And it's something of, that Star Wars is well known for. <laughs> but yeah, Luke is slicing. Guards are flying everywhere. <laughs> Boba Fett tries to get in on the action. And I, I don't think I'd remembered, but like he falls in and it's basically just an accident. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. Uh, Han basically turns around and hits him with the thing and it sets off his jetpack, and then he goes flying off into the pit. Yeah, so it was like total total random accident i i don't think i'd remember that i don't remember what i thought happened but i did not remember that it was just an accident oh and there was there's over the course of time there's been a lot of people that were very upset over how how he went out because he was such a such a notable character and such a i guess for lack of a better term such a badass and he kind of just like went out on a fluke you're talking more about legend stuff right because like in no. the movies well i mean when he shows up in empire you know he's this big presence and such mm-hmm. and then he kind of just gets taken out it'd be like iron like not that he's like iron man but he's kind of got that like he's just one of those characters over time that was built up as a character in people's minds like people look at at the the trilogy and boba fett is just one of those characters that just He's mm-hmm. he's got the attitude and he's got just the even though he'd never said much, never did much, just one of those guys. That's probably why he never stuck out to be much, is because he never said anything. Yeah. Because I never I didn't give him much thought as a main character until I saw the prequels. Like, and then you realize that he's he's the little kid and Django's his father. And then he became more of a real character to me. But Understandable. Like in watching the the original trilogy, I didn't think of him as more than just one of the bounty hunters yeah but he was the bounty hunter that got uh han solo yeah that's true and then in all the confusion you have leia smashing the controls of the barge and then climbing over jabba choking him out with her chains i was kind of wondering and i know this is like years before like the me too movement but knowing what i've heard about like harvey weinstein it almost felt like Java was supposed to be Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that Miramax would have been back around back in it. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him except from like what I've heard after the fact. Right. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It just it felt like a commentary on that, even though it was years before that happened. I, it, it might, I yeah. When I say it, it felt like a commentary on him, I don't know if it was like him specifically, but I'm, there are other people. Those kind of characters. Does, so. Oh yeah, no, it definitely. It just felt like kind of like they were commenting on that kind of thing, and then and they might have been be the victor in the situation. Yeah, well, and I think too, it was a matter of showing her as a strong, you know, as not just a damsel. And I think yeah. I read someplace when I was going through the trivia, they wanted to make sure that it came across that she wasn't just a damsel; she stood up and did her own thing. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't think that was ever an issue with Leia because even when you first meet her, oh, she's yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. She's not like, you know, stereotypical princess. Into the garbage saving. shoot, fly boy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what makes the original trilogy so good is those characters are multidimensional. She can be delicate, but also strong as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm being the only <laughs> the only notable female in the majority of this series. You had to be. Yeah. Through this whole thing, I also had the thought: the Starlight is probably eating better than he has in years. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> there's just like people falling in right and left. That <laughs> <laughs> was a regular Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, one one kind of fun kind of trivia thing: so they they filmed that whole scene in Yuma, Arizona, and they had to avoid um, like just thousands of uh, dune buggy enthusiasts. But to protect mm. secrecy, the producers claim to be making a horror movie called Blue Harvest. They even had like shirts and, and hats and stuff for the crew. Hmm. But even I, then they I had problems. Star Wars did use code name at the time, but I don't I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah. But even back then they had diehard fans that were trying to enter like the set. <laughs> so it's good to know you, it's not a how would you close that off? You're out in the middle of a desert. I have no, well, they put up a chain link fence and security service, or they had a security service. Hmm. Yeah, so the scene ends with Luke climbing up the barge, grabbing Leia, kicking one of the blaster turrets. I think it blows up an engine, and then there's like a chain of explosions, and then they fly off on the little mini barge that was going to dump them in. Yep, and then they have to stop and pick up the droids, and um, yes, they, 3PO they gets pulled out of the point. stand upside down. <laughs> Oh, one other fun thing from that, um, the Sarlacc pit sounds were alligator hisses and the sounds made by the crew eating pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder if it was pepperoni or sausage or like, I don't know, Hawaiian. <laughs> it also made some like squealing noises. I wonder what those were. I wonder if it was like sh- a pig. It's possible. Well, I mean, you look at like Chewy's noises and I think it was a few different a few different like bears and lions like those two roars being mixed mm-hmm. like the sound mixing for the sound effects and we talked about this with galaxy of sounds but it i mean they know what they're doing yeah star wars has great sound effects they do so after getting off of tatooine Hanleia and 3po go on the millennium falcon they're gonna go rejoin the rebels and luke and r2 take an x-wing back to dagobah to see yoda and then you also get another scene back on death star 2 as emperor palpatine arrives vader tells him that everything's back on schedule so i guess he got there and whipped everybody into shape but the death star is not finished it's still like three quarters not finished yeah yeah i don't know how fast they're supposed to be working (laughs) but apparently however fast it is they're back on schedule well that's good and he wants to go look for Luke, but Palpatine says that Luke is going to seek you out. He wants him to wait, not go out. I mean, Palpatine's main man is Vader. I'm sure he wants him by his side. So Luke gets to Dagobah, and Yoda has gotten sick while he was gone. And then you get a whole bunch of iconic Yoda lines in this scene. When 900 years old you reach, look as good. You will not. Hmm? I love how I love like throughout I love how cheeky Yoda is like just it doesn't he I mean and even like with the new movies I know that there was a lot of stuff surrounding how kind of flippant Yoda was you know when he sets everything on fire and stuff and it's just like were you not he wasn't like a respectful teacher he was Yoda (laughs) what were you watching where he was actually like like not you know a little goofy and a little bit not he didn't take things 100 percent serious he wasn't Qui-Gon Jinn 
Yeah, he's he's wise but still mischievous. Yeah. That's why one reach is 900 years old because he's mischievous. Look at Qui-Gon Jinn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he would not have been killed by a lightsaber had he, you know, had more of a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's speculative, of course, but you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this was supposed to be a funny line or not, but I mean, it was sort of bittersweet knowing that he's dying but it also was slightly funny he says soon i will rest forever sleep earned it i have (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking it was meant to be poignant but because you can't tell i think that makes it all the better because that is yoda he is you know he's kind of ambiguous like not in a good evil way but just uh yeah what he says could be taking multiple could be taken multiple ways depending upon how you look at it Mm mm-hmm and then back to the whole discussion of like how much training he gets he says that luke doesn't need anything more from him he has all he needs and i was like really <laughs> and luke says then i am a jedi and then yoda starts laughing and coughing at the same time and he says not yet one thing remains you have to confront vader and then you'll be a jedi yeah and then you have he asked if darth vader is his father and yoda's like i need to go to bed now <laughs> yes he says something like rest i need or something but like uh i don't want to answer that exactly you're going to confront me about this while i'm dying well thanks i do wonder though when he talks about um you know you have what you need to do this like you could teach him all this other great stuff but for the task at hand to be able to do the the not the bare minimum but like the basics Mm -hmm. he has he has the the knowledge to grow accordingly or the the the, yeah it's like teach a guy to you know get a guy a fish he'll eat for a day teach a guy to fish and he'll fishes or he'll eat his whole life yeah it's probably like he knows the basics of fishing but he'll learn how to fit be a better fisherman the more stuff he does with experience yeah yeah because like his whole thing was he wants him to go confront vader and then he'll be a jedi so like that's probably like the ultimate experience exactly I mean, you know, he's kind of tossing him into he's tossing him into the deep end though, because his lightsaber technique, at least from what <laughs> happened on the barge, it's really not that great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's kind of like all of the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy. They're just kind of like basic sword fights. Yeah. They, they don't much. have like the choreographed finesse of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. And you know, had you Which not, is fine, but yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, had the prequel trilogy not happened, you would have looked at that and went, Oh, that was great. Because yeah. it would have fit what was done in the 80s, 70s yeah. and 80s. And really, the people doing the lightsaber fighting are either old or inexperienced. So yeah. or, you or can't a really giant blame them. True. Or having a giant helmet on that makes it difficult to see what you're doing. That too. But he also falls <laughs> under the category of old. Yes, that he does. They aren't exactly Ray Park. Yes, he's not 900 years old, but he's still old. Yoda was pretty spry, let's be honest. (laughs) Even at like, you know, 800 years old or 850 or whatever. (laughs) I I loved his lightsabers. I don't know how other people felt about it, but I loved all of his lightsaber scenes. I thought that was the best. And they were, they were okay. They weren't my favorite, but like when he puts a lightsaber away, pulls out his cane and walks away. Mm-hmm. it probably helped that i saw them 
like before I had seen like lots of other movies. So at the time that kind of stuff was still like oh. mind blowing to me. So, and it was it was great. Like I remember when they were like, oh, Yoda's going to take on the Emperor. It was that case of, wow, we're going to see Yoda, you know, in a not puppet form. Mm hmm. And I think they did fine with it. Like they did what everybody else was doing, but being that it was a completely CGI character at that point, it was kind of a, you could see it and go, wow, that was cool. But it was also, yeah, uh, this isn't the Yoda we know kind of a thing. I could see that. I think to me, it at, at the time, I don't think I cared as much. And That's fair. I, I will say that even though like I am a proponent of like practical effects, you almost always look the best. If you they've changed it now but like the puppet they used in the phantom menace to the cgi in attack of the clones i i want the cgi in attack of the clones i had the puppet in phantom menace was horrible looking I yeah it was so ugly yeah like, they... that is not yoda that is a gremlin <laughs> <laughs> but yoda eventually confesses yes Darth Vader is your father and he says that it's unexpected and unfortunate and Luke is like unfortunate that I know the truth and he's like no unfortunate that you rushed to face him because you weren't ready and then he's telling him that he needs to be prepared because all of these emotions that he's feeling anger fear aggression they'll lead him to the dark side and he should not underestimate the power of the empire or he'll suffer the same fate as his father and then you have another line that has since been retconned. When I am gone, you'll be the last of the Jedi. Like with all the expanded universe stuff that's happening now, there's he's no, nowhere near, near the last of the Jedi. <laughs> I mean, there's not that many, but there's still plenty out there that could have taken up the mantle. Yeah. And I mean, you could think, or you could say from a certain perspective that Yoda was saying that just to like spur him on like you have yeah. this on your shoulders i mean because right after this we have obi-wan saying you know talking about truth from a certain point of view yeah and yoda also goes on to say that there's another skywalker and then he immediately dies which yep, i thought exactly. was kind of funny i don't know like the, <laughs> the timing seemed funny to me he said there is another skywalker dies <laughs> yeah he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth there and yeah. you know that is that is one thing like for Luke in his experiences with the Jedi I mean, I would have a serious sense of like not trusting anyone after that point because <laughs> like it's true th this is the way things are and then it's like no this isn't the way things are this is the way things are oh wait this isn't the way things are I mean he handles it well but it's just like he's mm -hmm. lied to consistently <laughs> yeah yeah but like you said the very next scene he's he's back at the ship talking to R2 he can't go on alone and then obi-wan comes in and then they have that whole conversation about well your father was seduced by the dark side and when that happened he wasn't anakin anymore he became darth vader so what i said was true from a certain point of view yeah i mean that's <laughs> that they, whole, they had that... to put it that in because the, the whole thing needed to be retconned for the story because i don't think that was the original no, plan definitely but not. it's still it's it's kind of funny that they had to go jump through that kind of a hoop to make that make sense i mean you could even say that about the sister thing like that too yeah that i guarantee like i, I know that they say that that was always the plan but i can't no no you no, know no. There, there's no way there's just no way that that was the case especially with the kiss happening in the previous movie well and that's not the first time something like that has happened but yeah the the idea the way that that goes 
Yeah. There's even a piece of trivia that said that uh, Mark Hamill took great issue with the revelation that Luke and Leia were brother and sister. What did he want to happen? Well, no, he thought that Lucas came up with it much, much later. Oh, well, I, I, I would just assume that that's what happened because I'm, I'm fairly certain that I read somewhere that they, the plan was always for him to have a twin sister, but it was somebody that they were going to eventually find later. And yeah, they, um, at the, like the last minute, they decided, oh well, let's just make Leia the twin sister. Right, because um, the way that that laid out was um, George Lucas had originally planned sequels to follow that entailed Luke's search for her. Oh, okay. And her name was Nellith, N-E-L-L-I-T-H, Nellith Skywalker. Hmm. Okay, but, that's an interesting name, but it does sound Star Wars ish. There was another line in here too that it seems slightly retcon-ish because Obi-Wan says that he took it upon himself to train Anakin. But like, that's not exactly what happened. No. Well, and Yoda never gets talked about, like ever, by anyone. And not regarded, I'm sure, the Emperor or the Empire. Like Mm -hmm. they see Obi-Wan, they think, okay, Obi-Wan did it. But yeah, they don't ever mention Yoda. And this is probably a case of they didn't have the whole backstory planned out but like i'm i kind of just assume that everybody thinks yoda's dead because like they knew that obi-wan was still alive but i i guess i just assumed that they figured that yoda died at some point and that's why they're not looking for him that would make sense then you have their whole conversation where luke is talking about there could still be good in his father and obi-wan says he's more machine now than man twisted and evil Luke is telling him he can't kill his own father, and Obi-Wan says, then the Empire, Emperor has already won, and he says, you were our, our last hope, and he's like, wait, Yoda, Yoda said something about somebody else? <laughs> oh, it was your <laughs> twin sister. <laughs> like, oh, that's an interesting way to drop that bit of news on somebody. Well, if you're going to drop it, drop it at that point, I guess. Yes. So he just tells him that she was hidden to protect them both. They were hidden from their father and they knew that the emperor would want them and he would see them as a threat. So, and he says, that's why your sister remained safely anonymous. Leia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, she's the only female that we've seen outside of Mon Mothma and, you know, maybe one or two other like nameless pilots. All the all the dancers. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) But they're aliens, so they couldn't be twins with Luke. I mean, yeah, probably not. (laughs) That would be that would be weird. (laughs) Eventually he ends up going back to the rebellion, and you find out that Lando has become a general. You get introduced to Mon Mothma. She's talking about the Bothan spies that located the second Death Star. And I, I'd forgotten that they were talking about the Bothan spies. Like in my head, even though I've more recently watched the original Star Wars, in my head, the Bothan line was from the first one. And I always wondered why there was no Bothans in Rogue One. Because like Bothans are like, aren't they like some kind of rodent thing? They're kind of a, they always were described that way. Like a little bit, a little bit rodent, a little bit teddy bear-esque. Okay. For some reason, for the last few years, I've wondered to myself, like, why didn't they put any Bothans in Rogue One? But now, then I watched this, and she said that line here. I was like, oh, wait, I'm the one who's wrong. (laughs) 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 It was never supposed to be Bothans in the Rogue One storyline. 
Yeah. Well, and I think they were pretty heavily punished. At least like if you look at the Legends books, they were like the planet was heavily punished for um, their spies going after or giving that information. Mm. So that's well, she has be... that iconic line, many Bothans died to bring us this information. Yeah. And that was played, that, that was built up over time. Um, one works his way through politics to become pretty high up in government. Actually, I think he becomes the president of the um, Republic or the, yeah, whatever it's called, the Republic or whatever afterwards the because new, of new Republic, his, I think. yeah, the new Republic because of what he did during the, during the war. So mm. Anyways, the intel from the Bothans is first the location, but also that the emperor himself is overseeing the final stages of construction. And the weapons are not operational, but there is a shield on the moon below protecting the new Death Star. So their plan is to take out the shield and then Lando is going to fly in with his new squadron and take out the Death Star. And this is also where you're introduced to Admiral Ackbar because he and Mon Mothma are both talking about this stuff. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and you, throughout this whole thing, it was, uh, it was kind of funny. You have Han talking to Lando, bantering back and forth about Han not wanting to be a general. He doesn't want to lead, the, lead these people. But then you have the revelation that he's actually the leader of this secret squad that's going to go down to the moon and take out the generator. <laughs> And then Chewie, Leia, and Luke all volunteer to go with them. There's also a, a little scene here where Leia sees that Luke is looking thoughtful or pensive or something. Sad. And she, she, <laughs> she wonders what's going on. He says, ask me again later. It's, like, <laughs> it's a good... Just, um, just tell her now. <laughs> Get yeah, this over it, with. <laughs> it could be a good uh, soap opera moment. moment. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, it is a space opera, so... <laughs> Very true. And while they're leaving, they're going to be taking like a stolen Imperial shuttle. So Han gives Lando the Falcon to lead the team down there. The space shuttle Tidarium. Yes. And you get some scenes with Emperor and Vader too. And they send their fleet to the far side of Endor to wait until called for. He tells Vader that the rebellion is about over and Luke will be joining them soon. You also have these purple robed guys with them who are like never named, never talked to. They're just there. And now I kind of wonder what their deal is because I don't think I ever noticed them before, but they're like, they have really interesting clothes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did somebody just, they were like drawing some stuff and like, I want to make these. We don't have anybody in the story to wear them. So let's just like put them in this scene. Cause I like these, I like these designs. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So they're approaching and they're giving the code from their stolen ship. Han is like, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. Keep your distance though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Fly <laughs> and, casually. <laughs> Chewie's like, he, he makes this very questioning roar noise. He's like, I don't know, fly casual. <laughs> <laughs> and Vader knows that something's up. He doesn't know what, but he knows that something's up. I think he senses Luke at this point, but he tells them to let them in anyways. And he just says, leave them to me. I'll take care of them myself. Then they land and they're like trying to sneak around, but they accidentally alert these speeder bike troopers. And that goes into the iconic speeder bike chase. 
and I love the bike noises. Like we're talking about sound effects, but like the the sounds that the bikes make when they're flying through the forest is so cool. I was looking here the um the point of view shots for the speeder bikes. So like when they're going along was mm-hmm. achieved by having a camera like a steady cam operator like walk through a forest at normal speed and then with the camera framing oh, or uh, yeah. filming at one frame per second and then it was played back at 24 frames per second it it gave the idea of flying at high speed yeah i remember seeing it's been so long since i watched any behind the scenes stuff but i do remember something about like sped up footage but i didn't remember how they made the footage but that's interesting they had somebody walking through the forest yeah that's an interesting way to get it you'd have to walk so far <laughs> it, it, <laughs> the, the, that probably took a long time to get there's because d- they they fly for a long time and that sped up yeah so that guy was probably just wandering around the forest for hours <laughs> <laughs> past the same tree like three times the guys have been out here walking for like three hours <laughs> um it looks like the speeder bike pass by sound effects were done by combining thunder sounds with those of a p38 airplane hmm. okay yeah whatever it was it was cool noise yeah it was very cool eventually Leia and Luke are on one bike and Luke jumps off onto somebody else's bike so they're they end up separated and she falls off the one bike because she gets shot at and the bike trooper it looks like he just assumes that she exploded and then he immediately explodes too (laughs) (laughs) and Luke ends up coming back alone and he's wondering where Leia is and she hasn't come back yet, so everybody goes out to look for her. I love that, like, you always have C-3PO and R2 doing their little thing off to the side. And I, C-3PO says at one point to R2, and you said it was pretty here. <laughs> <laughs> Just so accusingly. <laughs> and then this is where the Ewoks are introduced. Leia meets, I guess his name is Wicket. I don't think it's ever said in the movie, but like, expanded lore says that his name is wicked yeah that none of them were ever named and they even the word ewok was never used oh that's like in the actual movie Mm -hmm. yeah okay and she gives him a little snack and it's so cute the way he just comes up and sits down next to her it's like a little kid i mean i think it is a little kid in there (laughs) but it's just the way he sits down i don't know it's just cute very much yeah, they're, they're built for cuteness above everything else, especially yes. their babies. Yes. Yeah, the babies, they look like something out of Dark Crystal almost. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. But I imagine some of the same, I don't know if it was Jim, the Jim Henson shot, but I bet you a lot of the puppet work was probably done by people of that caliber. Yeah, probably. At some point, they're interrupted by somebody shooting at them, but the Ewok helps her escape. Then you don't see her again until later. And then you go to Vader and Palpatine talking about rebels infiltrating the planet. He already knows that they're there, but he questions whether Luke is actually there because Vader tells him that he's felt him. And they have this whole conversation. And I don't know why, but it just, it reminded me of like people arguing about religion. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird (laughs) connection to make, but like the way they were talking about how they hadn't felt him is like, are you sure you felt him? (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I don't know it just felt like two people talking about like their denominational beliefs like yeah one is right and one is wrong <laughs> eventually Palpatine says that 
if he's really there, then he should go wait for him and then bring him to me. And they're out in the forest. They find Leia's hat, but no Leia. Chewie finds some kind of a dead animal. I don't know what the animal is. I'm sure there's probably expanded lore to say what it is, but I didn't. Oh, I'm it sure it was. It probably gives in it depth. Uh, it probably gives in depth stats on what it is, how much it weighed, online yards. <laughs> probably, but it ends up being a trap, and they're caught in a net. And R2 frees them, but then they all fall out, and then they're pounced on by the Ewoks. And I don't <laughs> think I'd ever noticed before, but like you can see before the Ewoks actually come out, you can see them in the background, like peering out of the bushes. It's almost kind of oh, nice. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you uh, that big of a trap caught something that big, you know, I'd certainly be intrigued. <laughs> the other Ewoks, like the 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 main Ewok Wicket, he's very cute. But some of the other Ewoks are very not cute. Yeah. <laughs> There's one That's why they put them in the he's, background. <laughs> he's like black and gray and I don't know. He's freaky looking. <laughs> and then they all the Ewoks see C3PO and they're like all oh, gasping and then they start bowing and chanting. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I believe they think I'm some sort of god. And Hannah's like, why don't you use your divine influence and get us out of this? And he says, I beg your pardon, General Solo, but it just wouldn't be proper. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know, I know it's not at this point that, you know, you can, you can say this, but like knowing who made 3PO and programmed him and stuff, it's just, it's kind of a nice little screw you. Like you want my daughter, you're gonna die. <laughs> also, the, they they treat they treat Leia with respect, but then all the guys get like the the we're gonna eat you whole thing. I thought that was interesting. It probably has to do with the fact that she met Wicket and was nice to him and gave him treats. That's true. <laughs> treats then, are always what you do. <laughs> and then he probably just brought her back and said, "Hey, I met this thing, and she gave me stuff." <laughs> And meanwhile, they capture Han and Han starts yelling at them and shoving their weapons away. And (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't take them seriously until he has to take them seriously. Yeah. So they all get carted back and then they're stuck in a fire pit because they're apparently lunch. And of course, then you get another, I have a really bad feeling about this line. Yep. And then when they're putting the fire, like in or the firewood in there, they just keep singing Luca 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 Luca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at some point, they're questioning what the Ewoks are saying, and C3PO says something like, "I'm rather embarrassed about this, but it appears you are to be the main course in a feast in my honor." <laughs> and then this is where Leia appears, and she tells C3PO to tell them to set them free but it doesn't work and then luke tells them that if they to tell them that if they don't set them free then he'll become angry and use your magic (laughs) 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 which that line cracked me up but c3vl says but master luke what magic i couldn't possibly and he's like just tell them and doesn't work so then luke uses the force to lift c3po up He's like making him fly around and the Ewoks freak out. <laughs> Which I guess that would be very freaky to someone who has never seen even 
like basic technology <laughs> somebody just starts floating around it's like oh yeah that's terrifying absolutely but c-3po also thinks it's terrifying because he's screaming for help <laughs> well i know the chair was kind of rickety i mean what if you fall out of the chair while you're flying around i also thought it was hilarious when they actually do let them go after this they he, he thanks c-3po and he's like I never knew I had it in me. Like he thinks he <laughs> accidentally used his magic or something. <laughs> and then you've got a scene where C-3PO is basically recapping the last two movies. <laughs> and it was also funny too, when he gets to the part of Han being frozen in carbonite, one of the Ewoks like cuddles Han's leg and starts purring. <laughs> Well, he's trying to make up for the fact that they tried to, you know, burn him alive. You know, that's <laughs> how they roll. And apparently after this, they're accepted. They're now part of the tribe and the Ewoks are going to help them fight the Empire. And this next whole scene is a whole bunch of stuff that is very retconned because there's all this dialogue. Like, this is the part where the revelation that they're brother and sister, but he asks Leia about her mother. And she says, she died when I was very young. And she doesn't remember much, just images and feelings. But like, they were infants, literal infants. <laughs> like, unless they were it's less like a than infants, thing. they were freaking newborns. <laughs> yes, yes. Unless it's like a force thing, like she force remembered. <laughs> I don't know. It's like that. Yeah, that's got it. That's that no longer. It's no longer very canon. But. It is, it is nice what she's saying because she's like talking about how she was beautiful and kind but sad and Luke is saying that he never knew his mother and she's wondering what all this is about what's bothering him he says that Vader is here and he's coming for me and he needs to leave and that he's my father but there's, he's really beating around the bush <laughs> he is. He's, there's more um he says, if I don't make it back, you're the only hope for the Alliance. And she's like, don't talk like that. And he, she says, you have a power that I could that I can't understand and could never have. He's like, you're wrong, Leia. You have this power too. And in time, you'll learn to use it like I have. The force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. And she's just like, she's like dumb, the shocked dumb. Pikachu face <laughs> meme. Exactly. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's like that, that, that dum, dum, dum. <laughs> He's like, yes, it's you, Leia. And she says, I knew. Somehow I always knew. And I, and I was like, then why did you smooch him directly on the lips? <laughs> she always felt close to him. It just happened to be the different kind of affection. <laughs> That is kind of a Shakespearean thing, but I, it, there's no way in hell that that was the way it was meant to be. No, no. They, they really went out of their way to make it seem like that was the plan for the whole time. But no. No, not <laughs> it's remotely. Just, uh, the, it's the beginning of, well, I mean, the, uh, the previous movie was the beginning of the many retcons of Star Wars. <laughs> so every every time have... another Star yeah. Wars movie comes out, there's more retcons added in. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think you'd get that of any series. Like there's, yeah. there's very few. Like I've, I've heard with uh, Scarlet or um, the new Doctor Strange movie coming out, they were talking just generally how the MCU over since like the very beginning 
you know, something is said and then it gets retconned and retconned again and retconned again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a series that runs that long, you well, know, like, stuff- what was it? One of the Iron Man movies, like he saves a little kid, but then it's revealed, oh, that was actually Peter Parker. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there really? is no way that when they made that movie, they thought, okay, let's put in this little kid and then it's going to turn out he's Peter Parker. It's like, no, that was definitely a retcon. <laughs> oh definitely definitely not yeah that that would be yeah weird and i just can't leave it alone they absolutely have to put it in there as a thing i think at this point she's telling him that he should run away and he tells her that he can't he has to confront him there's still good in him and he has to try and then he leaves and han comes out and then you get some more beating around the bush because she doesn't tell him what's going on at this point which I guess she still needs to process it herself, but I don't know. Nobody tells anybody anything <laughs> at this point, too, because of that she's not telling him anything. This is where he starts to think that she has a thing for Luke. I mean, he already saw her kiss Luke directly on the mouth in the previous movie, so he's not unwarranted in thinking this, but it's more of the pushing the love triangle, even though there's definitely no longer a love triangle happening. He just thinks there is. Oh, absolutely. Luke has, at this point, turned himself in, and he's brought to Vader. He calls him father, and Vader says, so you've accepted the truth. He says, I accept that you were once Anakin Skywalker, and he says something like that. That name no longer has any significance to me or something like that. And he says, it's the name of your true self you've just forgotten. I know there's good in you and you can't you couldn't destroy me and he says something like obi-wan once thought as you do and you don't know the power of the dark side i must obey my master so he's bringing him to palpatine even though luke thinks that he won't right he has faith in his friend i think at this point the ewoks and the rebels are sneaking in at the same time the rebellion is prepping to jump to hyperspace so they're going to be shutting this thing down at the same time they jump out of hyperspace at least that's the plan it doesn't work that way but that's what they're trying to do right now it never does go to plan and then you have another hilarious line from c3po oh my princess leia i'm afraid our furry companion has gone and done something rather rash (laughs) (laughs) he does that a couple times and it's great Yes, the Ewok stole a bike. (laughs) (laughs) So all the speeder bike troopers chase Wicket. I think there's only one left. So they all get in and overpower the one guy. Like the sounds that he makes too when he's riding the bike are just hilarious. (laughs) I like the sounds of the Ewoks. Yeah. And while this is all going on, Luke is brought to Palpatine. Palpatine sends his guards away, which I thought was... Not that smart, but I, I, I know he has his own plan, but it's still dumb to send away your guards, especially because his plan doesn't work out either. So, And he says he's looking forward to completing Luke's training. The, they have a back and forth like, you're mistaken. No, you're mistaken. <laughs> and Luke tells him, soon I'll be dead and you with me. And then Palpatine reveals that the rebel fleet is on its way because he let them have this information like the whole thing is his plan from the beginning and he knows that they're trying to turn off the 
shield generator and they're all going to be captured anyway. And Luke tells him that your overconfidence is your weakness. And he says, your faith in your friends is yours. Classic line. And then this is where the rebels jump out of hyperspace and the shield is still up and they, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then of course you have Admiral Akbar and his classic line. It's a it's trap. A trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fleet that was sent to the other side of the planet comes back and then there's a huge space battle. Palpatine is telling Luke that they'll watch the end of the Alliance and the destruction of your friends and the rebellion and all his evil lines. And <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny, but he's sitting in his throne and he has the lightsaber and he's like, you want this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, hell yeah, it worked really hard on making that. <laughs> And he, he says the same thing in more than one scene, but he's basically telling him, take his weapon, I'm unarmed, strike me down. And the whole thing, like, mm -hmm. he wants him to kill him so that he becomes a, a Sith as well. So what happens if I he does, like, happy even... thoughts? What, what if he's got, like, happy thoughts when he strikes him down? Does that stop him from becoming evil because he's not giving into hate? He's just like, you know, I'm going to chop down some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> now i'm imagining you know that song tiptoe through the tulips by the tiny tim i'm imagining oh. that scene playing while, while he's like hacking it nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go i like it i like it <laughs> so at this point everybody is trapped the, their plan has failed because they've all been duped from the beginning they knew they were there and the only one they don't have at this point is c-3po who is yelling at them from the forest and then all the troops not all the troops but a bunch of the troops go after them and he's like we surrender and then the ewoks jump out screaming and there's horns blasting and ewoks hooting they sound like birds i think they probably used bird noises for the ewok hoots probably yeah and then you get the how do you, we i think we had this discussion in the last one like everybody wants to fight over at at or atat -AT, but then you have the ones with two legs they're atsts so do the people who say that they're at ats are they at -st? <laughs> um the only thing i got as reference and they're big star wars people is red letter media and they go atat -AT or st or atst well, that's how I've always said it. But then you have people who like they they, they swear that it's an ad at, and even on the like the official Star Wars channel, the one presenter called them an ad at. But that still begs the question: Why do you call the ones with two legs then? Because you can't yeah. pronounce them <laughs> ats. Just... <laughs> I have no idea. But then the rest, the this whole sequence is just a ton of battles happening and all all over the place, and the Ewoks very much hold their own against the Empire. They have very creative ways of taking out the Walkers. Oh yeah, the two big logs that smash the ATST. Yeah. Love that. And some of them are using slingshots, and one of them accidentally slingshots the back of his own head. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't wicked, was it? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But you have the battle in space too, and the Emperor doesn't want them to actually 
kill the rebels yet. He says he has something special planned. And then he orders the Death Star to fire. And it turns out it is operational. They thought it wasn't, but it is. And Admiral Akbar wants to retreat at this point, but Mando basically says, we're here. We'll never have another chance again. He wants to wait for Han to get the shield down because he still thinks it's going to happen. And they are trying to get in because they've managed to get away from their captors. And R2 is trying to get into the bunker and he ends up getting zapped. C-3PO is like, R2, why did you have to be so brave? (laughs) (laughs) And then Han tries to uh, like jimmy the door and makes the outer door is shut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So when the Death Star starts firing, Lando has all of his fighters go in and attack the Star Destroyers at point blank range because if they're that close, the Death Star is not going to fire on their own ships. I think they're putting way too much faith in that Palpatine is going to try and save them. I love the uh, when they when they target fire on the Super Star Destroyer and that one A fighter um, or A wing like like is rolling like crazy and then you see him scream and then he blasts through the command tower or the command oh, yeah. level. And just blows it to kingdom come. Mm-hmm. And through all this, you have Luke and Palpatine still going back and forth. And he's still telling him that he should take his lightsaber and strike him down. And his journey to the dark side will be complete. And at this point, he does try, but Vader stops him. Then they have lightsaber battle. And that iconic um, where, their, where their blades meet. Like it's mm-hmm. the low shot towards, I love that shot. That's one of my favorite. I mean, and it's iconic to start with, but. Yeah. And then back on the moon, you have Chewie and the Ewoks hijacking an ATST. And then <laughs> they awesome. start blasting the other ones with theirs and blasting the troopers. You have them taking out troopers, <laughs> the Ewoks, like one of them clotheslines one of the one of the troopers <laughs> on the bike and another one lassos one and it goes flying around the tree and explodes at some point in here you get the scene with the ewoks one of them dies and the other one's like crying over his body which is very tragic for these little teddy bear things <laughs> han and leia are still trying to get in leia ends up getting shot but it's not too bad but they're surrounded Han is in front of her so they can't really see her and they yell freeze and Leia like flashes her gun to Han and he says I love you and she says I know (laughs) (laughs) and then she shoots them so they're free from those troopers but then an ATSD comes up but it's the one that Chewie hijacked so they're still safe and then I'm not sure exactly who this was but I think they I think it's one of the rebels they like calls into the comm center inside the bunker from oh it's it's han hijacked oh it's han really yeah he yeah he puts on no i'm sorry it's not han it no it is han i think it's him or i didn't think it sounded like him that was what i thought at first but i was like was that han i rewound it and watched again it didn't seem like it was him and han was still outside the doors of the bunker so i wasn't sure oh no it couldn't have been then just a random rebel. trooper yeah yeah and they were calling from inside the walker saying that the rebels were fleeing into the woods they needed more troops so they send a bunch of people out and then they're all trapped and they can actually get into the bunker now mm-hmm. through all this you also have more scenes with luke and vader they're like going around the console room talking about joining the dark side etc cetera, etc cetera. 
and it's just kind of a consistent loop of join the dark side let go of anger let, let give yourself into anger and all that stuff but mm-hmm. it's like you said it like five times do you think i'm going to change more now than i did previous <laughs> yeah at this point vader says that joining him is the only way he can save his friends and he says your thoughts betray you your feelings for them are strong especially for your sister (laughs) and i I don't think that he even knew there was another one at this point i think he just figured it out just now i think he read his mind or something i'm not sure exactly how yeah the force messaging thing works but he just now knows that there's another one he says your feelings have betrayed her too obi-wan was wise to hide her from me he says if you won't join the dark side then perhaps she will and then he screams never and then there's like a frenzied fight he's like really slashing at him and he ends up cutting off his hand and then palpatine goes into his evil laughter and of course his, i don't know if this is iconic or not but he's like good good oh yeah very <laughs> iconic it's like his catchphrase well he says it early and often <laughs> Hey, did you know that uh, Ian McDermott was only seven years older than than uh, Mark Hamill? I thought you were going to say he was only seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe another time, but uh, no. At this, at one point, he was just seven years old. But in this case, yeah. No, I didn't know he was that. I I knew he was younger than. I mean, obviously younger than he was in the prequels, but I didn't. I don't think I knew he was that young. That's yeah i always just assumed he was kind of middle-aged at this point yeah i mean i I don't i mean yeah i don't remember how old luke was at this point because he would have been relatively young in new hope but you know over the course of 20 new host all right so it would have been 26 or you know 27 being that the movies took place over about six years so Um, mcdermott was probably in his 30s yeah yeah something like that i guess he has a lot of makeup on and I didn't know he was that young. I guess I thought he was maybe 40s or 50s, but that wouldn't... He's probably 40s or 50s when he did the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. So he played an old man when he was young and a young man when he was old. (laughs) Yeah, and an older man and a a resurrected man when he was even older. Yes. He's like one of the most consistent characters in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. He's like all over the whole story. Yeah, well, him and Peter Mayhew were the only to the to be in all three prequel or all three uh trilogies or i think that just the two of them anyway was peter mayhew in force awakens uh he played I guess some... he probably wouldn't have I, I know he recently died but i he probably was still alive at that point yeah he was still alive he just died here like last year or the year before so yeah he was in he was in there but any like stunt work or where the costume had to be wear extensive had to be worn extensively they had someone else do it I think the new Chewbacca, I, I'm probably going to butcher his name. I want to say it's Junus Suitomo. Okay. I think he's like Swedish. He's like cool. super tall. Very good for that role. Yes. Anyways, at this point, after he's cut off Vader's hand, he says, now fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. And then Luke tosses his lightsaber away and says he's failed. He'll never join him. He's going to be a Jedi like his father or he is a Jedi like his father before him. And he says, so be it. If you will not be turned, then you'll be destroyed. And then he's zapping him with force lightning. And Vader's watching at this point, and he's like, he's slowly getting up and coming over. But <laughs> I don't know why, but to me, it, 
like knowing what happens, I don't think this is his intent, but it almost looked like he was sneaking up on Palpatine. <laughs> it's like he's going to take him out from behind, even though I don't think the Vader had that in his head at that point. But he was the movement of him coming up behind Palpatine was like he's coming in for the kill. Well, I think he did not necessarily sneak up on him, but I think there was definitely some stealth to what he was trying to do. Like, even though Palpatine was kind of focused on what was going on, it was still a matter of you don't want to let him see you doing it, I would imagine. I also had a question here. Maybe you could answer this, having seen the original, original trilogy. Mm -hmm. You have Luke yelling, Father, please. And this is where Vader turns and he yells, no, no. And he tosses Palpatine down that shaft. But there was that whole thing, like everybody was so upset about them adding him yelling no into the third movie. So I was just wondering, did he say that no, no in this movie? Or did they add that in in a, in a re-release? Honestly, I don't remember that particular part. I would, because there wasn't a lot changed about the later half of the movie. Like what happens in the, the lightsaber duel pretty much is... As I remember it, if they added anything, it was relatively subtle. Because, I mean, the, the yelling no makes sense, but I don't know, the whole the whole controversy of him in episode three yelling no, and everybody's like saying that was a horrible scene, it just made me wonder <laughs> about him saying no in this version. I mean, that might have been why they had him say it in the third one. Well, that was my thought, but yeah, I'm not, I don't know. Of that, I don't remember 100% so <laughs> but yeah he tosses Palpatine down the shaft and there's a big explosion at the bottom and Vader is dying at this point through this whole thing you still get more battle scenes and the shield ends up going down and Lando goes in to blow the thing up so they're like flying through the middle of the, the ship while Luke is trying to help Vader get out and Vader's telling him that he wants to be left behind but he wants Luke to help him take off his helmet so he can look at him one time with his own eyes before he dies and after he looks at him he wants to be left behind and Luke won't leave him behind he says he's gonna save him he does end up pulling him out but he doesn't he doesn't live he dies I can't and, imagine how heavy Vader would have been with all that equipment oh, yeah. and stuff I mean the, the whole the whole suit itself was gotta weigh as much as a person yeah Thank God Luke has that force strength about him. That would help. <laughs> but yeah, as he's dying, he tells him that he was right. And he says, tell your sister that you were right. So Lando ends up getting to the middle of the star. They blow it up and escape. And Luke also escapes just in time. The thing explodes and you see down on the planet, all the Ewoks are cheering. And Han is looking up and he said, he's like, I'm sure Luke got out of that thing before it blew up. And Leia's telling him something like, he did, I feel it. And Han says, you love him, don't you? Yes. He's like, all right, I understand. Fine. When he comes back, I won't get in the way. And then she's like, it's not like that. He's my brother. And then <laughs> his turn for the shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> and then they kiss. <laughs> and then there's trumpets and partying and also a funeral pyre for vader but that's funny there, there was all the all the all the like celebration fires from the ewoks and then you had um vader on fire as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
uh, this is where you get another controversial add-in where you get views of partying all over the galaxy. You get Bespin, Tatooine, Coruscant, and also Hans. Naboo, and you hear somebody yell, We so free! <laughs> <laughs> that is one interesting take. Like, that'll be something will be very interesting to talk about when we hit Phantom Menace. Yeah. Just with the portrayal of Jar Jar and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Ewok party. And I don't know what the original music was, but the music that plays here, I really like. I really like this whole song. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more, and not that this is bad. This this music is, in my mind, a lot better than what plays in Jabba's Palace, but it's definitely, it was definitely more, not native, but like more, like simple, I guess. Mm. That makes sense. I mean, it didn't have the grandiose and not again, not that this was terribly grandiose, but compared to this, it was much less grandiose. Yeah. Well, it probably was supposed to be the Ewoks playing because I think the Ewoks were playing instruments in the scene. Oh, I remember. I'm sure it's probably, it was probably supposed to represent what they were actually playing. Right. And I'm trying to think, I'm completely drawing a blank. The music that plays in... Um, the end of this one it, it's not it doesn't have a vocal track does it i don't think so because I if i'm thinking correctly okay because if i'm thinking correctly i think the original song had a vocal track to it not like you know stanzas and stuff but just um it kind of had like some vocalizations to it i'll see if i can find it and send it to you okay i also thought it was kind of hilarious this whole party scene you have pilots and some of the rebels they're like awkward dancing in the the ewok party (laughs) (laughs) just like kind of slightly grooving it's like what somebody's dad might do at a a high school reunion or something (laughs) (laughs) and it was also cute because you have an ewok hugging r2 at some point and then of course you get it ends on one of the most controversial changes oh yeah (laughs) Which this is one that I actually do know the change because when I, like I said, I saw this, the 97 version. So this is before Hayden Christensen. So I did see the original and I don't really feel strongly one way or the other, but I think George Lucas's reasoning makes sense for why he changed it because his reasoning was that the force ghosts appear as their own memories of themselves and like Anakin, I mean, he basically ceased to become Anakin when he became Darth Vader, but like he wouldn't even know what he looked like other than the deformed, mutilated, burnt version True. that was under the helmet. So it doesn't really make sense to have this totally unknown person. I mean, you know who he is because context, but I guess his reasoning for having a, replacing the original with Hayden Christensen, to me, it makes sense. So I'm not like offended by the change like some people are. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where uh, I'm of two minds about like the changes of the this trilogy, you know, because as I mean, as creators, we both know that like nothing is ever like 100% the way we want it. Mm-hmm. There's always things that change, technology changes, you kind of look at it and go, oh, well, I could do this or I could do that. And mm-hmm. it's hard to balance. And I think especially with George Lucas, it's hard to find that balance between, you know, yes, we can make these changes, but should we, you yeah. know, that's always what I come down to. And some of the changes that are made, like the, 
and it's goofy stuff like the like the um the music that's played in Jabba's palace music is great do we need you know snot snot uh uh Cy, Cy snooty's is fine the other guy eh, you know i'm sure it was probably something to you know make people smile but it didn't really do anything for it you know some of the shots are most obviously to show size you know back mm-hmm. in new a new hope it's one of those things that it really added to it this other stuff you know it's middle of the road like um you know, being able to see cloud city instead of just white walls, you know, that was a definite improvement. It kind of gives you scope. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those changes, you can be of two minds of them as, as far as Anakin showing up the way he did, uh, you know, looking at the trivia, um, Hayden Christensen didn't know what they were using it for. And he said that he would have changed the way that he act had he knew where it was going to be, because it is a very, one of those scenes. It's like, it's, it's giving Anakin the happy ending that he didn't yeah. get in life. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And seeing it as Hayden Christensen and not, I think it's Sebastian Shaw is the guy that played him uh, so. originally. Like, is that, right. yeah, is that taking away from what he was? But then the reasoning for leaving it as Hayden Christensen make it, makes sense too. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully that wasn't too rambly. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think for most of the changes, because I didn't see the original, I guess it's because that's why I don't get all upset about the oh, changes. Oh no, understandable. And that's a general, like, I hate to, I'm going to sound old, but it's, it's, it's as much a generational thing as anything. You know, if you saw what was the original, you'd look at this and go, you know, these pieces don't fit. You know, there are some, there are some great CGI pieces and there are some absolute crap yeah, CGI yeah. pieces. You know, Jabba from from A New Hope. <laughs> oh God, when it first came out, it was just oh, yeah. atrocious. You know, I mean, and again, you know, you have to work th- with the technology of the time, and it's not something that anyone could do. Yeah, you had to have the best of the best to do it. So, mm-hmm. and that's I don't know where that's. I'm glad they did go go back in and tweak it further. Yeah, so, and then I mean, but it then still the... doesn't look perfect, but it looks way better than it did. Right. And then the other thing that comes to mind with that is though, is where, where do you draw that line? Where does yes. it become, Yeah, you know, and that's, and a, that's, that's a question. George Lucas's problem too. He doesn't know. He doesn't like, he wants to always go back and fix everything. And I think for as much as people want to complain about him selling it, I think he probably needed to for his own mental health because otherwise oh, yeah. he'd be fixing this all the way to his deathbed. Oh no, hundred percent agreed. And I, <laughs> I mean, just got to add in one more wampa. <laughs> It's, it's over there it's behind that dumpster <laughs> exactly and i think that was a lot of the criticisms that came down however you feel about the prequel trilogy like there was no one to edit what george lucas wanted no one yes. said hey you need to tone this back let's let's refocus on whatever this is and that was if, if there's one consistent problem that most people agree on it's that you know he yes, was surrounded cause... by folks that didn't say hey reconsider yeah because from what i've read with the original trilogy he had his vision but he also had editors and people who rewrote his scripts and made them better and he did not have that with the prequel trilogy and i mean you can argue for creative freedom and it's nice that he did have that freedom but it also would have been nice if he could have had somebody who could have helped him see that he could have made some tweaks on some things and made them better than he had originally envisioned oh yeah because like i don't i think i've said this before i don't hate the prequels i don't hate the sequels but i can see the problems that everybody has with them 
And some of them I agree with. It doesn't make me hate them or anything, but I agree that right. they could have been a lot better. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that could have been better with the prequels is he just needed somebody just to go in and give his scripts a once over before they went out and filmed them. Oh, agree. Do some rewrites. I mean, George Lucas is, and it doesn't take much to see. He's a grand vision guy. Yes. Like, and yeah, like you say, he had people that like translated what he wanted down into what worked. I mean, and even you look at the original trilogy and there is some clunky ass dialogue in there, but that's- It probably would have been even more clunky if somebody had gone in and touched it up a bit. A hundred percent. And it's, yeah. And I mean- you had again that same great grand scheme in the prequel trilogy but the dialogue was a ton more clunky and i mean there was some lack or some something lacking when you're talking about a lot of the characters they didn't have the dimension that the original trilogy characters had as much Mm -hmm. and that's i mean you know hindsight is 2020 and the further you get away from something the more nostalgia and just remembering the good stuff about that kicks in Mm -hmm. But it still has to be acknowledged that, you know, and, and the, the original trilogy, as much as I love it, does have its fair share of flaws too. But, you know, it's like anything. Yeah. The older something gets, the more you're going to say, oh, you know, it was good. So, I mean, I'm sure after Return of the Jedi came out, especially after the strong showing of A New Hope and Empire, you probably look at it and, and you pro- there's probably a lot of people that looked at that the way that a lot of people look at the sequel trilogy or the original or the uh, prequel trilogy. I feel like I heard that there were people who were really mad about the Ewoks. Like they were like, why do they put these adorable little teddy bears in there? These are just for kids. Where's my serious space opera? <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sure the they thing. didn't say that exact same thing, but I think that was some people's takeaway. Oh, yeah. oh no, 100%. I mean, you know, people look at other movie fans now and say, oh, well, you know, this and that and the other thing you know it's not anything new i mean these are the same charges that have been levied against movies since the creation of movies go back to books go back to any kind of media anything that you can make criticisms about Mm -hmm. i mean even the you know when they came up with you know fake movie titles just to you know throw off you know diehard fans in the desert i mean they know it's it's more widespread because we have the internet, we have social media, but it's not a new concept by any stretch of the imagination. I wonder where all those fans were getting their information from without the internet. Like, how would they know to stalk them all the way to the Arizona desert? I'm sure that there was insider things. I mean, there's probably newsletters. There's probably like, I mean, it's, you know, CB, it probably wasn't CB radios, but you know, there was, you know, it wasn't like communication you know, automatically started with the internet. They have their ways yeah. of doing it the same way they built the pyramids, the way that they built the pyramids, you know? Aliens? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Star Wars cases, probably. <laughs> oh my God, that was good. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> oh, the one thing we haven't touched on, and this is kind of a random thing, but... um. The fact that the, the original title of this movie was Revenge of the Jedi, not Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, I had heard about that. And it was changed because the producers thought the Jedi wouldn't seek revenge due to their ethical code. But there yeah. were posters that were put out early. So if you can oh, find really? one of those, it's worth bank. Interesting. I didn't realize. I mean, I'd heard the name Revenge of the Jedi. I, didn't, I don't think I'd ever heard that it got as far as poster stage. 
Well, and, and then you could, it was probably pretty early on for that though, too. It's like, you know, anything six months or, well, I guess it'd have to be more than that. And it could have been pretty late in the game that they changed the name of it too. Probably, you know, it could be as late as editing stage. Mm-hmm. Also, the movie grossed $252.5 million domestically and $418 million worldwide on a $32 million budget. That is really good. That's amazing. I kind of wish that more, I don't want to say big budget, but like that kind of movie, I wish that more of them would be made with a smaller budget, just because I think people can be more creative on a smaller budget. I don't know. It seems like they over rely on CGI and wow factor with the more yeah. budget they're given. And I, th- I, th- I just think it's interesting when people can make a really interesting small budget epic and look at the likes of Blair Witch. Like the budget on that was tiny, but it just, it, it took off and did its thing. I mean, I think it's one of those things where regardless of age, again, it's kind of that same thing where, you know, you had big budget movies that flopped back then. And, you know, it was spent on probably fancy craft services or something like that instead of CGI. But, but no, I, I agree. If you could, you know, those, those surprise hits, the ones that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. So how does one uh, finish this off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's probably all we've got for today. (laughs) Something like that. We're done with the originals. We will probably move on to the prequels next, unless you want to do one of those Ewok movies. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'll be okay. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, we'll probably do Phantom Menace next. I don't know when we'll do that, but eventually we will get to Phantom Menace. (laughs) So until then, you want to let people know where they can find you? Uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> Today uh, is May 8th, so we're, we're, we're four days late to saying uh, may the fourth be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Although whenever this comes out, it'll probably be like June or July. <laughs> June 4th be with you? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I end up releasing this on June 4th, that'll be hilarious. June the 4th be with you. July the 4th be with you. August the 4th be with you. That way you're covered. Okay. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, here on YouTube at uh, Trivial Theater. You can also find me on um, Twitter at Trivial Theater. Or yeah, literally at Trivial Theater. Um, so yeah, I, that's that's kind of where I hang out. So stop by, say hi. Okay. Well, until next time. Take care. May the force be with you or the forest will be with you always you too (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of the i heart movies podcast if you like what you've heard make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the i heart movies youtube channel make sure to follow my co-host as well any relevant links will be in the description for easy access We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.